Welcome to the Defending Your Diva Podcast. I'm David Davido. And I am Danny Hidalgo. Hey, Danny. How are you? How's your week going? It's going really well. I've like had a very full weekend. Uh, you know, yesterday I went to the Museum of Natural History for the first time ever. Really? First time ever? Did you see the butterflies? I didn't know. I just saw the butterflies. <laughs> the dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> a lot happened uh, this week. Oh my gosh! Did Musically, you? S- it was a good week. Yeah, a really good week. Did you see the new Megan The Stallion video? Because that is what I was gassed yeah. over. I mean, I just... like that's kind of what every that was like the big release. Well, the, um, the Megan The Stallion video is hot. I love that. I love that it's rap, but it's also like pop. So she gives you a chorus that you can repeat. It's like I love. I love that. I feel like she was specifically crafting these to become like TikTok crazes or something yeah, like that. I'm, I'm and I'm interested to see how she's going to do by herself. Because I feel like every every big song she's had at this point has been with someone, right? She's having um, a big year. Honestly, when we have our big Diva of the Year awards coming up, I feel like it's going to come down to like her versus Dua Lipa possibly. For, maybe. Like, they I mean, both released two albums this year. They both had tons of singles, number one hit. Yeah, I'm super excited for her. I really think she's great. I hope it goes well. I just don't want it to be another like Normani situation where it's like every time she sings with someone, the album becomes this huge success and then she sings something by herself and like no one cares. Um, <laughs> but not saying I, think I don't people care. care. I think everyone cares. I think, I think about Megan. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of. Yeah, people are. I think really people good. are into to Megan The Stallion. That uh, also Miley Cyrus. Uh, her album's coming out soon. She yeah. released the video with Dua Lipa. Uh, Dua Lipa's like doesn't stop. She's she releasing stuff like stopped. every two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, she's releasing like crazy. That's the fourth single she's released with someone else this year off their album. Not to mention she released her own album, like two or three videos per song, plus her remix album, which is super cool concept. So she's having a big year. Did you see the video? She like makes out with Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus has like that blood now. Yeah, well, it's cherry juice, and then they are licking cherry juice off of each other. Oh, you're right. I the first time I thought it was blood. <laughs> it looks like blood, and then like a woman screams, and I think you're supposed to think it's scary, but it's like a fan because they show up at a concert. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of hot. Do you like the song though? I do like the song. Yeah. Okay, I, I like the song too. I don't think it's gonna be a big. Yeah, it's not like as, yeah, I didn't. I'm not like freaking out about it, but it's great. But I yeah. also like. You know what's funny is that when the album came out, I. I tend to like the songs that other because like my favorite song on the record is Physical. I still think that is like the biggest pop of the year. <laughs> Physical is just such a good song, and like everyone always seems to like when they put like their top three of like this is my top three songs of the album. It's always like Physical's never on. <laughs> yeah, Physical is the shit, and so is so is Levitating. I mean, the whole album. I love, is I, love really pop, good. I love pop that sounds like big. You know, that sounds like kind of like that big anthemic pop. I've kind of like come to realize that that's like my preferred style and i would say like dares to be big like it has the gumption like the balls to like stand up and say like i'm a pop song i'm gonna be stuck in your head like i just love those songs that sound like you know those songs that you're like it sounds like it was meant to be played in an arena like that type of stuff i just love that absolutely just like unapologetic pop little mix's new album actually has quite a few songs it does it and actually i would say that they that's kind of been their thing the whole time and sometimes they get uh, crap for it, I guess. But we're going to talk about that today because we have a very special guest uh, oh. who I'm going to bring on in just a second, uh, Pixie Aventura, the queen of New York City nightlife. She'll mm-hmm. be on uh, to talk about Little Mix and whatever else uh, we decide we want to talk about. Uh, before we get to that, though, there was 
one other thing that I want to spring up. The Grammys. The Grammy nominations are coming out soon. What do we think is going to be album of the year nominations here? You know, I don't know. I probably, I feel like, um, I mean, what are the big releases of the year? I guess probably Chromatica is going to get a few nominations. Um, the Grammys tend to really like Lady Gaga. Um, we also have Dua Lipa. I think she's definitely going to get nominated in the I only, I'm only well-educated in the pop category, so <laughs> I can only contribute to that. I don't really know about the other. I'm sure, um, do we think maybe WAP is going to get, like, best, like, rap duo? Rap duo, yeah, rap, there's rap, no doubt rap about collab it. Or something? Yeah, my uh, question is this. I'm I'm 100% sure Dua Lipa is going to get in for album of the year, maybe even Lady Gaga's Chromatica. My question is, do you think Folklore will get in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they like the Grammys have paid a lot of, I think wasn't like Reputation. I think that was like the only um, uh, Taylor Swift album that wasn't nominated. I don't know that I think, I I don't, I I wouldn't put it in if it was me. And I'm, I'm maybe Taylor fans are going to like crucify me. Like because you don't think but, it's deserving or? I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool idea and I thought it was, yeah, but I don't think that it's album of the year, like anywhere con- compared to all of these other masterpieces that have come out this year. I don't think just because she's Taylor Swift that oh. these I folk felt songs that about, should be nominated. I kind of felt that about her first album, that one album of the year, uh, Fearless. I didn't feel like it was, an, I thought it was a good pop, like good pop country pop album, but I didn't think it was album of the year, but you know, what the hell do I know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do we know? Oh, speaking of which, this is not uh, a diva, but since we are also a gay podcast, I feel like we should. I would be remiss not to bring up Lil Nas X's little holiday song, Holiday. Like, I fucking love it. Like, I think it is a bop. And, uh, uh, you know, it's stuck in my head and the video is super cool. So if you hate it, I want to hear all about it. Uh, then Pixie is on the chat rolling her eyes so i cannot wait to hear what she thinks about this uh, well so let me take this opportunity to bring her on and she can read it to filth or whatever but let me introduce please the new york the queen of new york city nightlife she is a dancer a singer an actress uh of course known for her long running sunday night show at barracuda bar which she's been doing for i don't know like eight years nine years it's been yeah. a long time. And of course, the Wednesday night shows The Help, which are the talk of the town, which she has hosted over the years with so many amazing hosts. Uh, of course, Keys of Car and uh, Money Exchange, uh, uh, Bob the Drag Queen. So let me bring on, please, the queen of New York City nightlife, Miss Pixie Aventura. Hi. Hey, hey girl. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I can't believe you're awake this early. For a, a, a we're taping in the AM and you're awake as a drag queen. Wine. We're in different times now. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I were working, I would be done by 10 p.m. Oh wow, that's so true. You're out there every night, like in the bars. I've seen your. I'm watching your Instagrams, of course, and your your videos. You're there at therapy right i'm not therapy um industry Industry what's it like it's um it's rough because with industry i'm technically the hostess so i'm a worker for the bar meaning i have to have the the actual face mask um on the whole time so if i do a pop-up song i have a mask on so so you can't like lip sync i have to tell the story through movement 
Yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen that Valentina meme too many times. It's kind of gotten old already. <laughs> like, I'd, like keep, I'd like to keep it on, please. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's uh, uh, Valentina was so ahead of her time. We stand a, a <laughs> Latina queen. Uh, <laughs> so, but what is it like? Are there crowds showing up? Is there a limited? What is it? What? I, um, it's a little weird for industry, but for Thursdays actually, we just started at Playhouse, and that's more set up like a show because. I just stay on stage, everybody's in the audience seated. And actually I can do a pseudo normal show, um, drag show, and that actually has been great. However, Thursday night shows are were not that. I created this um, Latin dance party called Fuego, which would have spotlight performances throughout the night. So the fact that we can't do that, and I have to revert back to a regular drag show concept has been not disheartening, but it's just kind of like, well, we got to do what we got to do, you know? Yeah. And were you part of the, were you doing a lot of the like live stream, like before the bars opened up again, Fipsy? Were you doing any of that, like performing on Instagram live or like, you know? No. No, okay. No, it was not. I was getting (laughs) booked and paid to do um, corporate, private event, logo takeover. So I didn't (laughs) I, didn't yes. <laughs> I, I probably did it for like a few weeks and then I was like, mm. yeah. And then BLM started taking more of a stronghold and I was like, okay, this yeah. is not the time for this right now. So I realized I was like, I, what's the point of doing a live Insta show um, every other day? It's just not special in my eyes. Right. It needs to be like something where it's like people want to tune in. And not just like, oh, okay, that's one out of 40 drag queens in the city doing a show. I was interviewed by, oh God, was it the New York Times? Yeah, they were doing a piece on nightlife during quarantine. And the picture is, I'll send it to you guys, is me looking at my ring light, full drag in my living room, (laughs) just alone, looking at a phone. I remember I I read that that piece that was super cool but um I mean it was cool at the beginning because we were all so destroyed and distraught by what was happening and stuck in our house when we actually were completely staying in our houses uh that we did need those distractions so I'm thankful you know for y'all for doing that because for the first few weeks it was super cool and such a cool idea but you're right after a while it was like oh there's 40 queens all doing a live show right now um so i did tune in those first few weeks though to like everybody's different live shows and was really cool uh now it's kind of like everyone's over it or whatever so but that's cool because you're like pioneering out there trying to figure out ways not just for drag performance but like theater and just performance in general like you're figuring out the ways to do it uh but did you get to live on, I watched your stories all summer. Did you get to live on Fire Island all summer or were you c- commuting every week? No, I was commuting back and forth on Fire Island because, and I chose to do that because I was doing a lot of projects on the side as well, where my apartment became Aventura Studios. I literally have one, two, three, four, five, uh, seven backdrops. Um, wow. I have like an actual legit camera. Like I, I have, it's a studio set, a setting, and I needed to come back and would do random shoots, people that would ask me to do stuff, and I couldn't do that, one, in the, in the island, one, because Wi-Fi is terrible. Two, um, <laughs> I, didn't, I know, 
oh, you can only get as much bandwidth for Grinder, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> for most people, that's for a lot of them, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't really have like a set place that I can just come back and forth, and it was my room. It was, I, it, I would only have a room for my day. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, I so, see. I couldn't really bring in all of my drag and I wouldn't want to bring all of my drag because it's just like, I have no, like there's just nowhere to put it all. Um, so I just was like, you know, it's better for me just to go back and forth. And then it became really tiring when I started doing two shows that didn't last very long, but that was like, okay, this is cray cray. But I was very happy and very fortunate to be able to do Fire Island this summer. And very safe. So you were rolling your eyes at Holiday by Lil Nas X. Uh, I want to know the tea. I want to know whatever it is. Um, (laughs) I'm calling you out. But I personally thought, here's the thing. I heard that first song. I thought One Hit Wonder. I thought, okay, cool. One Hit Wonder. And then the other little songs were kind of cute too, Panini or whatever. But um, I really like this holiday song. I think it's a it's a bop. And I, Oh, and he says, in the song, he says that he's a bottom. Right. Which was, I thought was very cool. And, you know, let's destigmatize whatever it is, you know, the machismo that makes being a bottom Absolutely. a shame or whatever. But I think we can't be biased because he's, he's a queer uh, rapper. I think we have to look at it from a general perspective about rap. And uh, <laughs> Lone Town, what is it? The first one, the first single? What was oh, it? Old Town Road. Old Town Road. <laughs> I thought it was awful. I thought it just, <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get what the hype was about. Thank you, Pixie, because I think the same thing. Okay. I never understood. <laughs> I never understood it. But you know what? I am not. Uh, a trained critic. I didn't go for school for critics. So I didn't <laughs> None of us are, girl. None of us are. Nope. <laughs> yeah. sure like to act like we are sometimes, but no, we're not. No, no totally. Um, we're, we're having a discussion right now. So if we're having a discussion, then we're doing it. But when people go on Facebook and like do all these like senior thesis on a fucking song they don't like, it's just like, well, don't listen to it. I mean, <laughs> what do you do? So that's me. I'm like, I didn't really care for it. And I was like, all right, move on. That's it. Glad you're but, but you know you couldn't not not listen to it it was everywhere it was like overplay every every time you turn on the tv the radio you walk into a store whatever it was everywhere it was like i can uh, avoid it <laughs> <laughs> I put in your ear pods <laughs> yeah you should tell me by now i don't necessarily listen to top 40 i so what do you listen to your favorite diva who are your favorite divas who gives you life <laughs> ask two different questions first of all what do i listen to if you've been watching my instagram story which um, i have i've made it a point that i'm getting ready throughout this whole summer i wrote down um a bunch of albums from the 500 top albums from billboards uh, of all time and i've just been going down the list and listening to albums that i either found intrigued i knew the artist or i was like i've this album has always been talked about and I've not listened to it. Um, for the most part, I've enjoyed a lot of them. And then other times I'm like, huh, interesting. Well, move on. So that's what I listen to. I like to listen to a lot of new stuff, a lot of underground artists. That's where I try to find my material as a drag queen. 
I always try to think of like as a businesswoman, I'm like, why would I do top 40 when everybody else does top 40? And then when the audience is like basically seeing the same show with just a different name on as a build, you know, and I, I try to be unique. And I've noticed after I do songs that nobody's heard of, then all of a sudden drag queens are doing it. And I'm just like, oh. is that, but, but Pixie, is that a struggle at all? Because I know that you have obviously the songs that like you personally would like to perform, but then you also are like, well, it's like a gay bar full of gays who probably love like Lady Gaga. And, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's a balance. It's definitely a balance. Um, and I'll only do top 40 if I truly like the song. I'm not going to just do it just to do it. Actually, I remember uh, Chandelier came out, um, obviously by Sia when it came out. And I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, <gasps> I was like, this is, I want this song. I, and I, within days, I learned it and I performed it. And I, it was Barracuda. I specifically remember I'm doing it and people are just like looking at me and they start talking to each other and could care less. And I'm like, you guys, this is a fierce song. Two weeks later, I tell you not. It's like everybody's like, oh my God, to Chandelier. And I'm like, I already performed it. It's not my fault that you guys didn't care. You did not care to perform it. But it's only because now it's popular. And I've trained my audience specifically to truly listen and, and, and watch what's being performed, even if you don't know the song. Because we're just so trained to like just top forty, top forty. That's how we kill songs, in my opinion. They're so overplayed. Mm. Damn. But that's question number one. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, okay. Before we get to question number two, of yeah. the five hundred albums or whatever, the the ones you've listened to so far, which ones do you recommend, darling? Okay. Give us a few faves. I'm going. I'm going to the list right now. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are obvious, but you know, I'm just gonna go off of it. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know what? Like kids don't know, they don't know shit, you know, you yeah. know. So we're gonna so start go ahead. with an obvious one that people are like, yes. Born this way, Lady Gaga is in the top five <laughs> of all time. Amor Prohibido, Selena, which Yes. Ha, yes. Control by SZA. Ooh. Oh, I thought you were gonna be Jackson. <laughs> You twisted us right there. You did a little twist, a little, a little shock value. I'm gonna keep twisting. Hold on. Okay. 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 Um, I was never an, a fan. Okay, I was never a fan of this person, but I, it doesn't mean that I didn't like them um, until this album, Melodrama by Lord. Mm-hmm. Very it's a good, good album. Ahead of its time. Um, a hundred pre Bad Bunny is actually really good really good um sex machine by james brown is actually incredible Ooh, throwing us back 50 years just like that more than 50 60 years how long was that how yeah um wow in the 60s yeah um oh anita baker's rapture i was like oh okay I was like, where? What? See, okay, I we're going to have to add that to... We've been doing a vinyl club here on the podcast where uh, uh -huh. we listen to old vinyl albums from... We'll listen to old Divas albums we'd never listened to before. So we're going to have yeah. to add that to the list. Anita Baker, Rapture? Rapture. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, and I'll tell you a few more. Young, Gifted, and Black, Aretha Franklin. Ooh. Yeah, honey. This one obviously needs to be reheard, but Rhythm Nation, 1814, Janet Jackson. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, incredible. And I will end with Abrahas by Santana. Oh. See, so I just, I just literally threw you <laughs> a lot of stuff of what I've like been listening to. That's awesome. A couple of years back, I when I first got Apple Music, I don't know, three or four years ago, I guess it might have been longer. Uh, I did this project where everyone I would meet, everyone I would talk to, I would ask them, what's your favorite album of all time? And I actually would go and listen to the whole album. I wanted like it just I feel like it opened my mind to all these different worlds that I never knew. It was so cool. Um, Such a cool. So what's your favorite album of all time? Oh, God, it's hard. I've answered this question before, and I don't think it really counts, but it's an album. Um, I have, I would, oh God, I would say three. I'm gonna say three, because it's hard to pick one. One of them is uh, Whitney Houston's number one collection. Okay, I, mean, I see I, what you mean by it doesn't count. Right, right. I know, I know it's a cop out, but whatever, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna do the same thing for Queen. Um, mm. the ones for Queen, and then my third one is Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Right, oh, a lot great. of people say that one. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people. Really? That's a yeah, that's a yeah, great I'm not album. Surprised, but yeah, great, great album. Okay, so 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 divas, who do you worship? <laughs> what candles do you light at night, girl? <laughs> okay, so this is a huge. I don't know if you saw the status, but. But Bob Monet and I had a huge, we'll call it discussion, <laughs> feud of what diva is defined as and who falls under that category. So what I did, I you know what? That's so interesting that you bring that up because that was like we had just started this podcast and they brought that up on sibling rivalry. And I was like, oh my God, that's literally. You know, I would love to sit and argue with them about that for hours, girl, because uh, they had opposing they had opposing um, mm-hmm. views on what a diva is. So, what is what are you t- your you choose definition of diva so that I can go off of that? Well, you know what, I'm trying to be respectful of mm-hmm. other people and what they believe and what they like and who they worship. Like I, just that old saying of like, don't yuck someone else's yum i feel like if you call someone a diva i don't see the point in going over and and it's like whoever whoever's a diva to you that's kind of what we've been doing because we don't pick the topics every week we invite the guests and let them pick the topic and we don't always maybe even agree that the person that they worship is is a real diva but if they want to defend her that's kind of the point where we're called defending your divas so you're gonna have to defend the fact that they're a diva yeah there's been some where people will say their favorite diva and we're like okay but you know, hey, everyone, I, we all have those. So that's why I feel like there's different titles because. So you believe in a hierarchy of divaness? <laughs> not necessarily. Not necessarily. I feel like there's divas, there's icons, and there's legends. Um, okay. Some of, some of them can be all three. Some of them can be one or two, and it just depends on what the definitions are. To me, okay. the necessarily is. Um, a highly um, regarded singer. That's how I see it. And I take it from the original 
um, definition, you know, the prima donna of this opera, like uh, a person that's been uh, building their legacy for a long time, highly celebrated. So here's where it gets, uh, I think, muddy water, because you said singer, you know, but then like we were talking about Megan Thee Stallion and then like, or Selena Gomez or something who can't sing for shit. So, uh, <laughs> so uh-oh, did I just hurt your feelings? No, hold on. You place them as divas? We, so, some people do. We, I, they're not one of our personal divas, but our Selena Gomez isn't one of my this is Where This is because yes, there's a lot of, about singing, but I would say about legacy. Uh, a diva to me has just been around for a while. And then if you're bringing those two, for example, I'm going to say pop princesses um, or icons or legends. That's why I feel like there's different titles. Okay. But to me, diva specifically is a long a life, a, like a lifetime of work. And that's why Bob Monet, Monet and I were like pretty much on the same page. And Bob was like, well, based on your definition, and I'm like, well, I don't think 15 years is a long period of career. It's a great period, but I'm talking about like decades. I mean, Patty. So by based on your definition, like Lauren Hill is not a diva from her one album and her. Okay. But she's a legend. She's an icon. Okay. But see, but then here we go with, uh, the rules are meant to be broken. For me, Selena automatically became a diva because of her unfortunate passing. But she's had a, but Selena even at 23 actually had a long, people forget, but Selena actually had been seen since she was a teenager. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Which I mean, she only died when she was 23. So I guess that's still not that long, but. But but her music has withstood the test of time. And I think it just automatically put her into divahood. Yeah. Hasn't um, she been dead for like 20 years now? 20. She died in 95. 25. 25 years. Crazy. Are you excited about the new show or scared? Um, I'm a little hesitant. I'm like, what are we what are we bringing to the table? It literally looks like the movie. Maybe it's a little bit more fleshed out, but I just don't know what something what what newness is being brought to the Well, table. I believe it's supposed to be how she became famous. It's supposed to be like her younger years. It seems like it's a remake of the movie, but over 10 hours instead of an hour yeah, and a half. I guess. And they, they said that there's supposed to be two seasons, and they said that the first season is supposed to be her childhood and then how she became... And it's supposed to focus more on her with the Dinos, um, whereas then season two, assuming that they had get to have a season two, um, is like, I guess, from Selena the fame to, I guess, her death. Okay, I, I would say that the movie does really fast forward through a lot. And I, I think it's also because it was just so fresh that everybody knew about Selena. Now, 25 years later, a lot of people do, but there's still a gen- younger generation that even if they saw the movie, they don't really necessarily know much details about her. So that could be good. Okay, so let's get back to this argument because I was listening to the episode of Sibling Rivalry. And I was, I was probably more agreeing with Bob on this, even though usually I don't agree with with Bob. <laughs> okay. okay. I so only because and she Monet kept bringing up JoJo, like what JoJo is a diva, like 
she had like yeah, that song. I did not agree with her on that one because I'm like, she's definitely a pop princess. She's not a diva yet. And unfortunately, because of that 10 year span, it's almost like, yeah, I would not consider her a diva. We didn't agree on that one. But so you agreed with Kesha being a diva? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I do, I actually am a Kesha stan, which is weird because I wasn't during her probably more popular era when she was releasing dance tracks and the gays were going crazy over her. I was like rolling my eyes at Kesha, like, oh my God, she's so lame. And then it was really through her big Me Too fight and then her subsequent uh, art two like artistic albums that have come out over the last three years that mm-hmm. I actually fell in love with Keva and Kesha and I do stand Kesha. She's got this amazing voice, amazing songwriting ability. Forget that she's rich, she wrote, hits for Britney Spears and, and other pop icons too. And I mean, she she does have a, a small but mighty following. I mean, she has a freaking cruise of, of stands that go on a cruise with her, which is COVID, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> this is not about Stan and this is not about that. You have to be unbiased, baby, okay? You can't so just be like, How about? you have to be unbiased. You have to look at her, like her time of work. And like, yeah, she has written a lot of, for people, but as an individual artist, she's still in the making for a diva in my eyes. Like if you're gonna put legends and divas up on a stage, I would not include Kesha on there. Well, she also only had one really huge album. Just yet, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like I, I'm on the same page with you. I de- with your views. I just have the name switched. Whereas I feel like you're you're putting more reverence onto the name diva and less onto like icon or whatever. And I would say the opposite. I would say no. I, I would put more reverence on the term icon and less reverence on diva. Like anyone can act like a diva in, in any rehearsal. We've all worked with divas in rehearsals and stuff. Oh, so you're putting the connotation of diva as a personality trait. Not necessarily, but I feel like it, to me, the term diva, to me, the term diva carries way less weight than like icon. But see. But you're, you're putting more weight on diva, right? Because that's been the origin. Like that was like the main, word that was being used for a long time and then all these other words started coming in icon legend i mean if you think about it vh1 divas live it wasn't vh1's icons live yeah but see vh1 would throw in people who were not you know they would have aretha and then they would throw in jewel we're like getting down to the (laughs) roster of like what's going on they then started getting hazy but like the original (laughs) the original two three concerts it was it was like the divas it was the top kind of, of the i think i kind of agree with david in this in that i would say like there's certain well no only in that only in that there's certain so there's certain people that i can say like right now <laughs> no, no no i'm just saying that there's certain divas that i'm are certain uh people that i'm like oh she's a diva but i wouldn't say she's an icon i i think for me i i put icons like someone really high regard. all i'm saying is i think oh sorry I think I'm with you on on the idea that some female performers, I think, are carry more weight than others. So I think we agree on that term. We're just disagreeing on what we want to call that. 
You're saying you want to call it a diva, right? And I'm saying I would well, call that. Well, this show is called Defender Diva. So <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get down to. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, so who was your favorite diva? My girl is Whitney. She's forever mm. my girl. Whitney, I grew up listening to the Bodyguard soundtrack and my mom didn't know I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I also grew up listening to... Uh, Celine Dion. Um, oh. I love her. I don't. Are we? So diva is also just music. We're keeping it at that. It's just music. Well, well, for this podcast, it's a, we're a, a music podcast. But um, yeah, okay. So we'll keep it at that. Um, so <laughs> definitely those two. Um, I loved Mariah Carey's golden era. Uh oh. And then when she's since she started becoming more hip hop, you gave up? Yeah, I just feel like honey was like the perfect medium. And then I don't know. I just for me, I just was like, okay. On that note, did you listen to the uh the rarities album? Because there's a lot of early Mariah on that. Uh no, what year was that? That's the new one she just released for MC30. Really? Yeah, girl, where you been? So she released... Uh, working, creating. Yeah, you've been working right. while the rest of us have not. <laughs> so she released, a, a, she just released an album September 30th, uh, or October 2nd, I think. And it was a, uh, it's called The Rarities. And it is bunch of of unreleased tracks most of them being from the golden era that you're talking about so you might the last i would say two-thirds of it are golden era and then it kind of fades off into some hip-hop and weird Where disco i can't see it it should be on just mariah the rarities oh i see it now okay yeah of course some of the, some of the early tracks are, are uh, really good on there too it's got fantasy. Always be my baby. One CJ under the stars. Are we sure this is no, not- no, no, no? You're that might the disc two has a live performance on it. It's rarities. Yes, but here we go around. Like that's see the here we go around 1990. That's a unreleased track. This disc two has a live recording from Tokyo or something on it with all those other songs. I see it. Okay. No, some of them are good. Some of them are good. Some of them probably should have stayed unreleased, but I, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Ironically, one of my least favorite songs on that album was her song with Lauren Hill. I thought it was such a filler. Oh yeah, um, she has a song with Lauren Hill. I did hear that one. Yeah, that, that was a, that's like a mix. It's a yeah. mashup. That was the only new song on the album, and I didn't think it was very good. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Did, I kind of enjoyed it, and then. If that wasn't your favorite, then okay, I might. Well, it's it's the only new song on the album, and then the rest are unreleased. But um, oh. okay, okay, okay. So then, favorite Whitney? Well, a bodyguard is your favorite Whitney album? No, no. Okay, greatest hits of all time. Um, I love how that Whitney album splits like the upbeat songs and the ballads. I love that. Yeah, um, I will definitely say her self-titled album, Whitney. The mm-hmm. Um, 87, 1987. Mm-hmm. Favorite Whitney movie? The Preacher's Wife. Yeah, ah, guys, she just goes back. She goes okay. back to her roots, singing at the church. It's so good. <laughs> I I was hoping you would say The Preacher's Wife. I don't know why, but. <laughs> 
it's a good one. one so many good movies. Whitney yeah. Houston. Yeah. What a tragedy. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. You have you really like tragic heroes. Uh, <laughs> you identify with even as an artist like if we're doing like let's say we're doing a parody of whatever i always like to go for the villain or as i see it as a troubled um uh protagonist because <laughs> that has the juicier parts like that's i love it and be like oh i'm pretty and someone help me and it's like no fuck that like i want the juice. Do, do you feel like um all gays kind of though Especially drag queens, I like identify like with Ursula and sort of like the villain. I think so. I I think so. Um, I feel like gay men are just you know we have this almost like a cult following for these divas is because we are we see ourselves reflected from an underdog for someone who defied the odds and broke into a career path that is, was, is not really meant for women or women are not really just brought up to be always the highlight, even though they end up always being the highlight in my, in my eyes, because um, it's the most entertaining. However, I feel divas or female artists in general are always put at a higher standard than male entertainers. Um, you know, when you have male entertainers doing something that's out of the box, it's like, oh, crazy but for male female per, uh, performers we have people that are always putting girls against each other like well she does this she's better da, 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 kind of what this podcast is doing but um <laughs> but then we're like well that's boring why can't she do more we, could, we expect so much more from our, our divas and when they deliver of course the gay men are like Yes, queen. Word. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why gay men connect to these women because they are just unapologetically themselves, and mm. they they're they're willing to risk um, a lot more. I feel. Uh, damn. Mm. Did I just get deep into my TED talk? <laughs> Love it. Yes, girl. But do we call it a teddy talk? Or that would be something teddy. else. Teddy. A little teddy. Uh, wait, what were we talking about? We were talking about divas. You love uh, Whitney Houston, uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Celine Dion has a new movie out. It's called Aline. It's in French. Really? And she stars in it? No, it's a biopic. It's a biopic um. and it's A-L-I-N-E. Aline. It's in French. A biopic about Celine Dion? What? Why is it called Aline? Why not Celine? Because that's her real name. <gasps> that was it? I didn't know that. Oh, we're learning new things every day. I'm not a Celine and I'm like Dion. A and I love Celine Dion, and I never knew that that wasn't her name. Wow, <laughs> you're a bad stan. I guess I am. Yeah, you're a very, very bad stan. Uh, I, I'm, Listen, I'm not a Celine I, get, Dion I give stan, her those three. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you like her new album that came out? What? When was that? 2019, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there were some good songs in there. Totally. Mm. I just okay. think that she's become her own, here we go with titles again, her own icon. I think through the unfortunate passing of Renee, um, that she just like spread her wings and she's become like this outgoing individual more so than she was before. I love it. Clearly embracing fashion and embracing life. And I just 
like recognizing that she is in fact a fucking icon. Yeah, I wish that she had done that. Like, I wish that we had that since the early '90s. I, I uh, would have been yeah. crazy. The things she would have done with the fashion and the this and the that. She did, you know? she, she did some crazy cuckoo stuff. She dressed up as a cat early <laughs> on, and she did memories. And <laughs> but I think now I just. <laughs> She, I feel she's found a love of her, more of herself now, um, yeah. and I, I really love it. Okay. I feel like it's the, I feel like the, the craziness is just more like her personality. So like, I feel like she did certain things that if other people had done it, it might have been newsworthy. But for us, when she does it, we're just like, oh, Celine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? A new photo yeah. shoot she just did in the rain or like in a water. Yeah. Goddess, she's, <laughs> she's kooky, and I live for the kookiness. I feel like I didn't see that for many years. So, um, seeing her now, I'm like, oh, I, I get you now. I get you now. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So, I'm I'm living for that. Who has a stronger voice, though? Um, this was brought up to me when I was like a kid in the car when Barbara Streisand had her last top forty hit, which was a duet with Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget mm-hmm. all of the talk at the time was, well, who has a more powerful voice? Tell, Tell him was Barbara Streisand's last top 40 hit and it was a duet with Celine Dion. So what, I don't know why that was such a big deal. Like who has a more powerful voice? Like who cares? Uh, like you said, pitting people against each other. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I have I have literally no interest in that debate at all. <laughs> I think they're both great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a single Whitney. Um, I mean, if we're getting down to like technicalities, I, uh, Whitney definitely has more flavor, more nuance, um, and Celine has the range. Rain ha- Celine has the power in her voice, um, but they're both so different. But at the same time, in the same playing field. So I don't care. I don't care if people ask me that because it's just like they are two incredible women. They're performers in their own right. So. But you do care about the title diva, right? You have you're saying they still have to have like a large body of work yeah. in order to be able to be compared against each other. Listen, we have we're we're now at a place where gay terms or or um, terms used in um, in the ballroom scene that were created by uh, trans black women have now been used to describe everything and we're just throwing around titles like diva icon legend let's <laughs> everywhere and i'm like i'm sorry not everything can be iconic not everything can be legendary you've got to admit that sometimes people are just using that a little bit too much we gotta so, admit too that like everything probably on planet earth will one day be forgotten <laughs> yeah soon, soon. <laughs> we're melting it um but it's just that's why I'm like, well, you can't just say this person's a diva because they just started their work 10 years ago. Like, that's not a diva. That It's just, they're great. They're an amazing performer. I may be a fan, but you got to be like real about it. Like, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Huh. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I, I, well, you're right about me in that I probably put more of the attitude into it. Like, if they think, if they have an attitude, I'll agree that they'll, they're a diva, but... Maybe not legendary. <laughs> I think we're all talking the same thing. It's just <laughs> at the end of the day, we are all putting these um, performers, specifically female performers. Ooh, okay. Let me backtrack. 
is it only women who do this? That's a really good question. Uh, that is a really good question. Because I have three that will disagree. <laughs> three, three divas or three friends Maybe of yours divas. that disagree? Three oh. male divas. Three male divas. You're gonna say, I oh, wait, let me guess who you're gonna say. You're gonna say Freddie Mercury. You're gonna say RuPaul. <laughs> no, he's not gonna say RuPaul. Then I don't know who the other two are. Sir Elton John. Oh, Elton John. Okay. And Prince. Oh, and Prince. Interesting. Interesting that you go for Prince. Because yeah, in every aspect or every sort of the way he acts is sort of like a diva. But he was very anti, even though he was uh, sort of breaking all the gender norms. I mean, uh -huh. hmm. he, he still didn't identify in, as gay or- You don't have to be queer. Don't you don't think- don't have to be queer in my opinion. So what do um, they what what do they have to be in your opinion? I think it's the same categories, same. I just think the way they carry themselves. I feel this more goes into personality traits, um, because they do carry themselves in that way, and that's why I think Freddie Mercury absolutely, and through his unfortunate death too, I think he just catapulted was catapulted into divahood. And I think Sir Elton John has definitely earned her play. <laughs> Auntie John. <laughs> um, and for God's sakes, I mean, Prince, a diva, the amount of memes we have of him, I'm just like... I have seen Elton John act like a diva in concert. He kicks people out and calls people names on stage. And <laughs> yeah. If you want to see Elton John act like a diva, just just like look up on youtube elton john and madonna and their whole history well, absolutely yeah Gosh, that's a mess so you know so on that topic you're here to defend little mix so you're here to defend little mix but i feel like you're gonna say little mix they're not divas based on We're your definition Let, let's, get, let's get past the diva thing i just want to defend <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel like yeah, we're focusing too much on the title. this has become a senior thesis on definition. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I will say, Pixie, that when it comes to Little Mix, um, you're not going to have to plead your case too much with me because I love them. <laughs> uh, when they came out with the Sweet Melody video, I literally texted David and I was like, have you seen this? Yeah. This is incredible. Um, but go ahead. For a long Melody. time, we, uh, we at The Help have been using their music. I think whoever is writing for them is incredible and I wish they could get with Jesse J and help her out because I love Jesse Little Mix actually writes a lot of their songs. Well, I know that, um, not not Jesse, but um, uh, Jade and I believe it's Leanne. Leanne yeah. Both yeah, write definitely. a lot. Um, yeah. Because I love Jesse J, but the same problem with her and Jennifer Hudson, they both have incredible voices. We know they can sing. It's just their music. I don't know who's producing. It's just like yeah, who like what the hell happened with it with with Jennifer Hudson? You know what's I ironic is the trailer for the Aretha Franklin movie makes it seem like that's the plot of the Aretha Franklin movie that she records 
bad songs for years until she finally starts covering other people's songs. And I feel like that's Jennifer Hudson's career. And she's playing Aretha. Is she going to like take the memo? Is she going to take the note and go like, girl, go work with some good songwriters. Go even just, even just give us cover songs, like anything. That voice is too good to be sitting there idle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like every time I've seen a Jennifer Hudson video go viral, it's because she was singing a cover. Like a cover <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm okay yeah. with that. I mean, She's Whitney Houston's two biggest yeah, songs are covers. It's fine. it's fine with me. She's the go-to singer for uh, any honors events. Um, we know she can sing it. It's just, where about your music? Like, I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, it might be, and it's probably the same for Jesse J, is that they want to be more than just what they're seen as, which I can identify as an artist. Like I can do more than just one thing. And they're probably like, well, yeah, but this is what I like. And it's just like, okay, but then find some producers that can really like make it better. Make it better. Yeah. Oh, damn. That sucks. Yeah. I really, I feel that so much for, for Jennifer Hudson. Just City too, I've been wondering where the hell she's doing. Is she still seeing the, <laughs> the dancer, actor, Abercrombie model? What's his name? Oh, Chan. Is she still seeing Channing Tatum? Uh, Uh, okay sorry uh but little mix (laughs) um let's if you're listening at home and you don't know who little mix is uh we let's tell you a little bit (laughs) pixie's throwing you the finger Uh, let's tell you they were do you want to do you want to tell us or do you want me to sure sure. they won x factor um in britain in 2011 i believe 2011 or 2012 i don't remember but they were it started in 11. I think like the show started in 11. I don't know if it finished in 12 or, or not, but yeah, go. Well, if it started 11, it probably finished 12. But okay. it, they were a group that were formed by Kelly Rowland. Um, and they were all in different groups and they, they were brought together and it just, the chemistry worked. And it's so amazing to see these four women not only involved as artists, but really come into themselves. I mean, we're talking about Looking at those videos, and my girl is Jessie. I love them all, but my girl is Jessie. Oh, I just said that she's my favorite member. Yeah, she's mine too. <laughs> but she's like, from seeing her transformation of like really knowing what her makeup or, or like getting a team that like really what her makeup, it just is incredible. It's two different people completely. Yeah. So I have to ask you, Pixie. So are you, so okay, first of all, on a scale of one to 10, how much of a little mixed stand would you say you are? <laughs> um, I'm like planning to like fly to the UK for her, her concert. Okay, great. No, so you love her. That's good. So, no, no, because I was felt like this question is only appropriate for like a little mix super fan. So, as you've heard, Jesse is taking an extended break from the group um, due to medical reasons. But a lot of people in the fandom think that that's not true and that she's leaving. So, what is your like? What do you think about that? Do you think she's probably going to leave the group, or do you feel like she really is probably just sick of taking a break? I mean, we don't know. There's no way of knowing for sure, yeah, of course. Isn't. And if that's the case, that would be really unfortunate. I just, from all of the stuff that I've seen them, their interviews, her, her, um, uh, her docu- documentary, I just don't mm-hmm. see any hints of like, ooh, they don't get along type of situation. So, yeah. or maybe it's not even more about that. Maybe she's really done with the 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think the I don't think it's because of anything having to do with the girls. I think it's just a lot of people seem to think that she, like her mental health, apparently, this is all speculative, isn't doing great. And she, I don't even think she. I think she's alluded to saying she doesn't even really like being famous that much. Yeah, I will. I will agree with that. And, and you know, the the media has been awful to her throughout the years. Yeah, which is funny because I, you know, it's I've, and I've said this to my friend before is that so uh, for people who don't know Little Mix's like story, uh, Jesse has always been a. a a little bit more heavy than the other girls. Um, she's and, just full bodied, not even heavy. Oh she's no, 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 no. Yeah, she, she, heavy. no, yeah, she's I don't like that term. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean it like that. I've always thought she's absolutely gorgeous. But what I was gonna say was is that it's funny because um, you know she unfortunately had gotten made fun of a lot. Uh, um, and singled out in the group for they they called her like oh you're the fat one but it's ironic because I've always thought she was like the most gorgeous one in the group literally <laughs> like yeah. um, when I again when I saw that sweet melody video my friend um, Jorge who he's the one that got me into Little Mix he was like oh my god look at Jade's dancing and look at Leanne's this and I was like look at Jessie have you seen how gorgeous this woman is like oh my god um, yeah I just I just think she's stunningly beautiful she is um uh, but I love them all. Actually, Perry reposted a video of me performing their song from the L5 oh. album, which I guess we should get just discussing because that's my favorite album. Um, <laughs> so um, obviously at The Help, we Monet and I became very well known for doing Touch mixed into Power. That became like sort of our oh, anthem as a duet. And we also we also did wings. We also did salute. Um, we were planning to do Black Magic, their EMA performance, where they had like a lot of drums being put into the, the music. It's like the tribal, the tribal like, one, yeah. yeah. Mostly for Halloween, because <laughs> yeah. like the song itself is cute, but for Halloween, I was like, that's it, that's the one. Yeah, Black Magic. <laughs> uh, what other? That was, and there was obviously more, but. When Alan 5 came out, I just think it was so underrated. It was such a well thought out album and the amount of diverse um, musical um, uh, inspirations that were being brought into that album, I can definitely hear. For example, there is a song called Love a Girl Right, which not many people can say this, but maybe David. Um, and actually, Daniel, what's your background? I'm Puerto Rican. Okay. Yeah. So you both know El Baile de Viper. Yeah. That song is sampled in Love a Girl Right. And I was like, when I was listening, wait, why does this sound familiar? And it like was finally like I got to, and I was like, oh my God, they're sampling El Baile del Viper, which I don't even know if they know that. But because I'm <laughs> I'm sure it was a producer that was doing it. It's the way they do it is a little slower and the pitch is lower as well. But it's, I got it. I mixed those two together. Um, yeah. Actually, it's, it's Love a Girl. No, it's not a Love a Girl, right? It's Motivate. Sorry, Motivate. Motivate is the song that's, being, that's using that sample. And then the other one, which I think it's a little bit more obvious, is um, uh, they use the thong song. And that's where they use Love a Girl Right. So they <laughs> sample and they make it a girl's anthem, Love a Girl Right. That's what that is. 
that no that album is wonderful i actually said when the when i listened to that album for the first time i told my friend i was and and i've loved all their albums but i said this lm5 this is the first time where i feel like they sound like women like they are grown they are no longer like catering to the little 14 year old little mix fans like this is like oh this is a mature like that that's probably as close as i think little mix will ever get to like a sex album um but like it was just very, um, and and what I had mentioned to David before, where I was like, oh, this is an album that it sounds like this is supposed to be played in like arenas. Like mm-hmm. this is a, um, a really big, and they've had like little little clips of that. I mean, I remember when they came out with the salute song, you know, everybody know we're looking for recruits. Let me see you put, your, like just so good. They always release these like anthemic and it was also great because LM5, the, the whole theme of that album is like woman power. Exactly. Um, and it's, oh man, I mean, I, I mean, even just the, the opening of a uh, well, it starts with the it starts with the intro, but then it leaks into "Woman Like Me," mm-hmm. and I just I remember when I heard that for the first time, I was like, "Oh, these bitches are ready; <laughs> they are coming." So let me it's ask great. this question, right? Because I think all three of us agree that Little Mix is like badass, right? And love their music, love their albums, cool videos. Uh, why? haven't they ever really become the biggest thing in pop music in the United States? Like what the hell happened? And this is almost like, uh, like we could maybe analyze this problem over several artists. Like why didn't Robbie Williams and why didn't take five and why didn't some of these other uh, Westlife, but why didn't little mix, why haven't they become as big? I think, well, first of all, we're speaking like they're done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just don't think it's moving as fast as we wanted to. Um, okay, but I they're they're giving us everything that we as gay men um, love. They're giving us looks, they're giving us vocals, and they're giving us dance performance. So to me, I'm just kind of like I think it's happening. They first of all they opened up for Ariana Grande. Um, and apparently like, that was incredible and I wish I would have gone seen them. Damn. I did go to that concert, but they didn't open when I went. And so I was really upset. Oh, they were on a different leg. Yeah, they were uh, on a different leg of the tour. And I was like, what? Ah, shit. <laughs> but I think it was happening. I think it was maybe this next album would have been it. But unfortunately, COVID happened. But I think it was just, the momentum was starting. I just wish it would have been faster. And I think overall, gay men do love them. And overall, it's just <sighs> all my all of my gay friends love Little Mix. I mean, they're they're like big in the gay community. Um, it's a little hard. I mean, I personally think that it seems to me that they've kind of given up on like trying to be super big in the because I mean they never really besides that Ariana thing they've never toured in the United exactly. States. They don't really do any heavy promotion here. I think that they've like realize that their kind of bread and butter is in europe um, UK. and that's not to, i mean that's not to say like because i mean they were around like the glory days um era is when i was like really starting to hear a lot from them mm-hmm. um here because i think that was probably like at their at this point that was like their biggest hugest uh like album just in terms of like sales mm-hmm. and stuff like that um so yeah, I mean, everyone knows who they are. I think it's also a thing too, where like, when's the last time that America has even had a big girl group? You know, I think that there's like a, there is a, a big stereotype for, for groups here. Cause I mean, even, I guess, well, I guess maybe One Direction was like the last big boy group. But that's um, different because boy groups like 
Well, yeah, yes, and that's a, yeah, and that's another discussion. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I can't even think. I mean, who really? Who was the last big girl? Was it like Spice Girls? Spice or Girls. They, no, well, you know, it was yeah. it was uh, it was Destiny's Child. Oh, you know, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child was oh, the last right. big girl group, but that was twenty almost or twenty years Fifth ago. Har- or maybe Fifth Harmony. Pussycat Dolls were right. actually also after Destiny's Child. Yeah, Fifth Harmony, yeah. Pussycat Dolls. Fifth Harmony only had like one album, though. Right? Pussycat Dolls was really like Nicole Scherzinger featuring. Yeah. But they had, but they had a few big <laughs> like, hits. Really? So. They did. They did. That's correct. Yes, they did. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. But it's always harder for girl groups, I think. It is. Um, and I think why I feel Spice Girls became the thing that they are is because they stopped. And then it became like more like, ooh, Spice Girls. And then when they were coming together, it's like, oh my God. And I think. That, the novelty uh, act. Yeah. And yeah. let's face it, I mean, their music was very unique for their time period. It, it literally filled a slot that was not being used as in pop girl group. Because we did have girl groups before women. I, I mean, the Supremes are not girls, but for me right, they were but like, that's what they've always been called girl group supremes was called a girl group at the time yeah then you have one direction that was so famous what the hell were they doing i mean i love them to a degree but it's like well, harry just... styles is pretty big right now actually well now harry styles and um, zane is little mix. <laughs> pretty yeah. to look at i, I mean guess. little mix is music too i think what they have going for them too is they don't like they sound like their music could be big in america like uh, I remember when I when I the, the first time I ever heard uh, Touch for the first time, I literally remember telling my friend, "This sounds like it would be huge if they fully promoted this song. This literally sounds like a huge American hit, like on American radio." Because um, there's certain groups that, in my opinion, sound a little too UK. Like for example, like Girls Aloud or like the Saturdays or like their like their sound is very UK pop. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Little Mix is. I think a lot of their influences are American artists, so it actually totally. makes sense. Totally. Um, but yeah. So I, who's to blame? Is it the record company? Is it the marketing? Is it the publicist? Do they just not have a good enough American publicist team or something? That might be it. Honestly, I think that might be it. Or we just don't know because well, I wonder what their contract clear is. Because um, yeah. you know, I mean, we found out through Kelly Clarkson that she's tied down for ten years. Yeah. So. I think they just never had like that perfect storm. They never had like that song that came out at the perfect time that just was like became a huge viral hit for, in America. Right. Obviously, in the UK, they that's why I'm so confused oh. because with Ellen Five, I was like, this album, not even a song, I was like, this album is so good that I was just yeah. kind of like, really, why isn't this hitting the charts? Well, if you, I don't know if you know uh, Pixie, but the Ellen Five that came out right after their contract had ended. Uh, with psycho music so they essentially they they recently asked them that in an interview where i think the 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 girl who was interviewing them was like a huge little mix fan and she's like can i just say like i loved lm5 why didn't we get more like music videos for that and like stuff like that and they basically said like yeah our label fucked us over <laughs> with that because they basically said like we're not going to promote you guys oh, because no. you guys want to leave so, so it is a promotional but yeah no but see all is not is not kidding if you all here are listening and you have not heard lm5 that is an album full of bop like listen to it they have these beautiful ballads on there too um they have uh, the song called told you so which is great it's all about like, friendship and being yeah. afraid of each other um, they have this song that is my oh go ahead is that's one? uh yes one that. me, it's such a good uh. Yeah. They also have this song called The Cure. It makes you feel so fucking powerful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, 
features one of my favorite artists who's been underground and I knew her before she was on the floor, Shariah J, uh, who is Missy Elliott's prodigy. And she unfortunately was going through breast cancer when she was filming before. Oh, and she's been able to come out of it. And she's the girl featured in Strip. So oh, really? Bald, bald black girl. And the four being that, the four, that was that weird talk show with Kelly Clarkson? No, or no, like no. competition show? Competition with Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. And Kelly Clarkson wasn't involved. I don't know why I thought no. she was. <laughs> oh, no, she was on that duet <laughs> show, that weird duet show. <laughs> you have to see, um, I sent it to David uh, not too long ago. If you, if you haven't seen it, you might have seen it already, but um, they had they did a performance of Secret Love Song. Um, no, the one that just came out like a week ago, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> oh, y'all, it was, I literally like, I messaged it immediately to David and I was like, this is Grammy award worthy. That's like, one of my favorite <laughs> songs. And that's kind of why I like that album so much. That's from Get Weird, right? Oh, weird. Get weird, yeah. yeah, I really love that album because it has that song, which is Secret Love Song. If y'all have not heard Secret Love Song, this is like one of the greatest songs of the last 10 years, maybe, that no one in America has heard. It is so good. It, it was so actually a, a duet with Jason Derulo. Yeah. Um, it actually, it's like, so if y'all ever want a song to like, if you're a singer and you ever need a song to like belt the fuck out of when you're crying or something, <laughs> make, it, make it Secret Love Song, My Little Mix, because that, I mean, Perry has said it herself because she's kind of a, Perry's like the big, big belter in the group. Yeah. Um, and she's even said, she's like, I love that song, but like when my voice is not, on it that day, that song is like a bitch to sing. Um, but the performance that I was telling Pixie about you guys is her voice was on it that day. And, um, and all of them are. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's not, it's not featuring Jesse because um, she was sick. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Pix I was going to tell Pixie if you haven't seen it, I'll send you the link. But <laughs> so if, if we were in charge of their career, what would we do differently? Because she has the gaze. Okay, so I'm going to throw it back to. Um, Sex in the City, Samantha always says that if you want to become famous, first you have to get the gays, then the little girls, then America. So she has the gays, <laughs> right? She has the gays. And I remember the first little time mix. I heard them, I, I little mix, I had heard the name, but I didn't really give them any attention until I was in London or something at a dance club. And the song came on and you would have thought it was Beyonce or something like people went freaking crazy. And I was like, why am I so in the dark? I hate being in the dark. So I had to, of course, go down a tunnel a little mix and, um, and their music. But what could she, what could they have done to get the little girls? I think they should have gone with this uh, small um, concerts, small theatrical concerts. I think if they would have done that, one, it would have sold out quickly and it builds up the momentum. So like maybe the tour ends with bigger arenas, but starting starting small and then building up, I think would have been great um, because everybody that saw them opening for Ariana, they were like, oh my God, they killed it. They were incredible. And I think not only word of mouth, but seeing videos, like having videos has really helped out artists in general. Um, I think that would have been a great way to promote them. I, I think it, they were maybe scared of doing huge arenas in the U.S., understandably so, because they may not sell out. But having smaller venues, like um, Gramercy Theater type of venues, 
I think would have been good for them. Or even go to like, I'm sure they could sell it like Radio City Music Hall if they went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could probably do that. But how how do you think that would help them get the little girls though? Well, I mean, that in New York, absolutely, because there's a huge group of gay men here. But I'm talking about like in other cities. Right, yeah. Um, social media. I mean, that's how you get them. If they're here in the U.S. and people are posting it, of course the little girls are going to be like, and I already think they are fans of them. It's just they haven't been here. Hmm. Yeah. I would, I would agree. And it's very, uh, it's, yeah, it's just very that. Cause I remember all these little, I remember all these little 13 year old girls, like a few years ago being like, shout out to my ex. <laughs> you know, I've never had enough in life. But that's okay uh, I mean, when I sang secret love song, I was crying about a person who didn't exist, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I would agree with Pixie. I would say they just, they, again, they've never really, other than the Ariana tour, they've never really tried hardcore to make it in America. I think maybe they were relying too much. Um, maybe they just thought like one of their songs would blow up here and then maybe they would like do it or something. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, and it is a shame because it's specifically, and I go back to what Pixie was saying about LM5. I literally, when I heard that, I was like, this is the album that's going to blow these women up like all over America. It just sounds like such a big pop album. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, I mean, it, and it is, it's, you know, but it it's, yeah, promoted. I don't Hmm. Right. It just they just didn't promote it, which which it sounds like based on what they've said, it's that wasn't really their fault. Um but this yeah. is what I would do to get the little girls. And I feel like um I would probably get a lot of pushback from the artist because they probably wouldn't want to do it and they would probably quit and and break up the band and it would be a disaster. So it wouldn't work actually work. But in theory, I feel like I would make those music videos a little more kid friendly. Like maybe have a one where they're like princesses in costumes and, and you know, or or book them on several like children's Nickelodeon and Disney Channel TV shows or maybe even give them their own little like like a movie, like a kids movie for the Disney Channel where they get to sing some of their songs and have like little fun. Well, that was know. their demographic though, David, for their first few albums. They were really right, not but they were to, like, in like they in were, Europe. Like, even if you listen to the songs, you were kind of like, this kind of sounds like Disney Channel. Like in Europe, yeah, you know, and it worked like, over there in Europe, but but they weren't. Yeah, like I remember. They didn't try I remember to bring in the American audiences that way. Is what I'm saying. That's true. I mean, I remember that song that they had from the Get Weird album that I was like, oh, this is such like a little 13 year old girl bob, where they were like, gotta get him on my hair. Gotta get him on my hair. Gotta get him on my hair. You know, I was like, this is and the video where they were like at the slumber party. Um, they also have that song that uh, "Let Me Love You," which is like where they were at the like little high school dance and they were all in their prom dresses, you know. So I think, I mean, I suppose you're right, David. Maybe it's because they didn't do it in America. Because in the UK, it worked. They had all those little twelve year old girls going to their concerts. So was it just that they didn't hit it hard enough in America early enough? I don't know. I think that's my theory. Okay. I just think that the Pixie, they you want to say something? I can tell. Also, yeah, with a lot of the promotion as well. But I just think. Uh, I mean, now that we're talking about Ellen Five and Cardi B being featured in that song and not being promoted, I think if they would have been featured with art American artists, I think that would definitely would have been a good shoe in as well. And I think it was on the way. I mean, they got Cardi, I mean, Cardi B. They got um, not Cardi B. <laughs> Jesus, they got Nicki Minaj. Ooh, God! Some people are gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I think disrespectful. Um, but. If they got Nicki Minaj, they they could have gotten someone else as well. And I think that would have definitely been a... I mean, Ariana, I feel like, would have as well. 
Um, yeah, and she likes Little Miss. Yeah, so I, I honestly think it wasn't on their part. I think it was really through management. Mm. That really mm-hmm. sucked. Mm-hmm. The opportunities were there. Yeah, I think, but they also, to be fair, and a little bit more on that is if you kind of remember when Women Like Me came out, it was already when Nikki was getting a little bit oversaturated to people. Her songs weren't quite becoming like the massive hits that they once were. Um, so I think that maybe that played into it a little bit too, because that's also when Nikki was coming out with all those songs with Ariana Grande and none of them were really hitting. And so I think think again it's just that thing where i just feel like they were always in america they were always like one step behind yeah. uh you know the whatever the trend was but it's not because their music quality isn't good because i mean <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're great and uh, you know what i, I want to uh, say they're filled with something that we don't see a lot which is joy like female joy like listening well, to yeah. their albums and confetti just yeah. it's just joy it's just like an album filled with female joy well that's i think the other reason was because we had fifth harmony and we also had danny kane coming in and out of closet here and there so with <laughs> the the american audience i feel like oh well we have our girl groups and i was never a fifth harmony fan let's be real and that bullshit they like are you a camilla a Cam- are you a camilla fan you're from Florida, right? I mean, she's a hometown really girl. The same neighborhood area. That's worth saying. Is she really? Yeah, and you <laughs> wow. don't support? I I didn't say that. I said <laughs> Fifth Harmony. Okay. So that they pulled in the award show huh? where they had that five fifth person standing. And they, oh yeah. I was just kind of like, that's tasteless. That right there, you just put your drama on stage to just get ratings, and I was just like, Mm-mm, what is lie. this? What is this? Oh, tell him, Pixie. David doesn't know what you're talking about. So, you know, obviously Camila Cabello um, left the group. And yes. You know, there's like a, a lot of drama that has been interviewed about it. And I just feel that Camila was not able to do what she wanted to do because clearly the group was made to like have a certain aesthetic, have a certain like type of music out and it just really wasn't her. And I feel like they really dawned on her for leaving her, mostly because I think they felt betrayed because let's face it, Camila has the best voice out of that whole group, in my opinion. But um, I think there was a little bit of animosity towards that. And then they were always like shit talking coming from the other girls. And then when they went on stage for the VMAs, I believe, or the AMAs, I don't remember. Yeah, one of, one of they those, had, yeah. Five girls in silhouette, Fifth Harmony, but then that was already when Camila had left. And then before the song even starts, it's like she, the fifth girl was rigged and she gets pulled from the silhouette lineup. Oh man, and how did I miss this? this song. And you're just kind of like, really? That's that was the choice you just made right now? And I was just kind of like, all right, your music is not that cute to be like giving off this drum. <laughs> they really only had well, like one never, hit, right? Like, Work from home was their only hit. No, they had a few. They had a few little uh, hits because um, they also had that. They had that other new England guy to go to work, work, work. Work, work. Yeah, that's what I work, said. Work from work. home. Was there only work? There was only. No, that. Oh, about right. Work for, uh, they also had the baby Demi. I'm worth it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, 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 and sledgehammer, like Pixie had said. Um, my my problem with uh, Fifth Harmony was always that I always felt like this was even before Camilla. I always felt like they don't seem like friends. <laughs> I was like Ooh. these don't look like they like each other. 
um, you know, like Little Mix always, and it's been pretty much proven that that they really are friends. You know, so here and um, both of them were formed on X Factor. Am I right in thinking that? Yep. Yes. yes. So we have two Correct. shows from two different girl groups from X Factor. Uh, the thing is, what's the difference, right? And so two X Factor groups. Here's what I think is the difference: is, is Little Mix realized that they were stronger together when they got put in a group and mm-hmm. said, you know what, wait, we can, if we separate, we're all going to be out of the competition. Mm-hmm. But if we can work together, we can win this. And they did, you know? Yeah. And I feel like they formed a bond over that, like a team. Whereas yeah. I think the girls from Fifth Harmony always maybe resented the fact that they got put together. Well, also, and this happened during the show and it was kind of fucked up, the way they would talk to them, there was so many times that they were like, you guys, the only person up there that's shining is Camila. Camila, um, yeah, literally, literally would happen live. And you're just kind of like, of course that's creating animosity because they're clearly favoring one person out of the group. That's Which, by, by the way, Pixie, it's important to note that they that actually happened um, to Little Mix as well once. Mm. Um, there, was a, there was a performance where the guy said, I think that Perry, who's the blonde yeah. big belter, he said, well, she's the best singer in the group. And they asked Perry, they said, well, what do you think about that, Perry? And she said, well, I mean, she said, I mean, I could appreciate the compliment, but we're a group. Mm-hmm. We stay together. We sing together. We are better together. So they were always like shutting any type of like right. stuff. They had like, each other's backs. Of, yeah, they had each other's mm-hmm. backs. And they always said, they're like, we're a group. We're not trying to like make one feel better than the other. Or like one is more, you know, she said, this one may be the big belter, but then this one can do this right. other thing. Or maybe this other one can do. And it was also you know? like, this is a brand new group. So you can't be like, we're still trying to form what our positions are in this in a competition, which is already hard mm-hmm. enough. You're not coming in and be like, this is what we do. And this is like, this yeah. is what we're trying to do. And then with this yeah. element, it just... <laughs> Fifth Harmony. <laughs> Fifth Element. <laughs> 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 the <fifth laughs> harmony i just feel like they just put these five girls together without really analyzing what each of them brought and it just yeah. worked against them and they were just trying so hard to make something out of something that clearly wasn't working along with yeah. animosity kind of, yeah absolutely but it is kind of fascinating because again with little mix i think they kind of just got lucky because it was almost the same thing with little mix where they they all um, entered the competition yeah. as a solo group and then they were, like you said, Pixie, they were going to cut them and then they said, hmm, these four kind of look like they could be a but group. That, and, but, and you could even see when they asked them, like, yeah. hey, do you guys think you could work together? They were like, yeah, okay. Like, this was before they even knew each yeah. other. So it was really just like luck of the draw that they just picked these four girls that ended up... I'm sorry, Pixie, go ahead. But Kelly Rowland is the one that put them together. And if anybody has yes. experience, she had experience. She was yeah, like... And, coming yeah. and she said it. She's like, I see something with these girls. That's <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah. good distinction that you just made. Kelly Rowland put them together. She knows a lot about girl groups, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> the drama behind Destiny's Child. I cannot wait until we get some movies about all that drama one day. Where is the unauthorized Lifetime Destiny's Child movie? Uh, (laughs) Well, they seem like they're friends. Yeah. Well, the three that remained. Right. Well, well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, we got to wrap up. But Pixie, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any last things you want to either plug or defend? (laughs) 
um, just, you know, listen to them. Streaming matters. So listen to uh, um, Little Mix, of course. Um, during these times, we have a lot more than enough time to listen to music as I've been doing. So um, if you feel like, oh, I'll get to it, just put it on while you're showering. Just do it. Just We're doing the dishes. I, I like, you know, I always put on music, making breakfast. I do with albums. I'm like, I haven't listened to this yet. Put it on in the shower. Mm-hmm. In the shower. Yep. I got my special speaker for the shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh great so where can people check you out pixie what, what i am do? everywhere on social media as pixie aventura that's p-i-x-i-e aventura a-v-e-n-t-u-r-a like ace ventura without yeah. v. aventura please because i remember when i was actually going to see pixie once at a club with my white friend and she said we're going to see pixie aventura <laughs> uh, and i was highly offended <laughs> aventura uh, aventura Aven- aventura is what she said aventura um poor girl i think she was from ohio so we'll uh, i'll figure that out. wait um, my show before yeah, I've seen you live. I've never met Pixie, you Pixie, everyone's seen I... your show. You're the queen of New York nightlife. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was actually too, like, super quick. That was actually when I first moved to New York, like, a long time ago. I think I want to say, like, well, no, not when I first first moved. I had already been there, but I had only been going, I had only been going to Brooklyn uh, bars, which are, all of them are closed now, like TNT and, um, oh. you know, um, all those, all those really Sugarland and Sugarland that. And then my I was first like, bar I ever performed. Really? really? Yeah. So I was, I was going to all those and I loved it. And then um, I was like, maybe I should check out some Manhattan Queens. Cause it's, it's very that like when you live in Brooklyn, you don't really go to Manhattan. When you live in Manhattan, you don't really go to Brooklyn. <laughs> so, like, Are, is therapy uh, gone for good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. That was, um... the help is not gone. <gasps> Where is it now or will be? It will be across the street. <gasps> At industry. At industry. Yeah. Wow. And I think when I saw you, Pixie, I believe it was in uh, industry. So that would in Queen. Um, that would have been a full cast on Thursday. I, I don't. I don't remember like what the event was. That's on Thursday, right? Or Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, that's when I had a very. That's when I had a the, very irregular. The trick you probably don't want to hear this, but the trick was. Uh, Thursday night, the better show was at industry, but the cheaper drinks were at therapy. So you would go across the street, get the cheaper drinks, chug them, and then go back across the street and watch the better show, Queen, at uh, industry. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for uh, coming. On Wednesday, you just go to industry. That was the hot spot. Like, you couldn't move. You like couldn't move through the crowded. Oh, it, was so, it would get so crowded Wednesday night, the help. Um, yeah, such a such a uh, legacy. The help. I feel like everyone knows that show. All the queens that come through are legendary queens, and a lot of people. I, I definitely would hear back that they're like, "Oh, we want um, the help at our show, or not not the help, but like the help type show at our bar." Pablo, I would hear it all the time, and not to blow smoke on my ass, but it created a blueprint that mm. was being used. Or a lot of other shows. Mm-hmm. She's ahead of the mm-hmm. game. She's a pioneer. <laughs> Locally. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Pixie. We love to have you. Love to continue that debate of uh, divaness. I don't know if anyone will yeah, ever y'all, agree. Y'all were going into like an hour with that, yeah. so I was like, we got to cut that short. <laughs> that was me when when uh, when Monet and Bob were arguing about it. I was like screaming in in my bedroom. 
Thank you for coming on. Uh, we love to see you, and I can't wait to see you in person at a real live show again. Uh, so thank you for doing that work. I'll be sure to say hi, Pixie. Yeah. I don't know if you'll remember. Stay safe like, out hey, there. We have a podcast together. She'll be like, "What?" Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> My friends will be like, "You were lying. You didn't meet her." I'm like, "No, I swear, I did." <laughs> Thanks for coming. See ya. Bye. Yay, Pixie. She is the best. She's going to be so famous one day that we're not even, she's not even going to be able to return her phone calls. Uh, <laughs> is she on season 13? No, I'm just kidding. Huh? No, she's not. Um, oh, I'm but just, I you know, I'm sure she will be one day. And the sound of Britney Spears losing her freedom is uh, means that it is time for our upcoming diva of the moment. It was having a moment in the moment we are having right now. And that is Summer Walker. I've been hearing a lot about her, a lot of buzz on the on Reddit, on the pop uh, subreddits. Uh, so it's an R&B album. It's Summer Walker. It's called Over It. And uh, check it out. Check her out. She's got... She's got a song with Party Next Door, who I'm super into, and she's got a song with Drake, so, and a song with Usher. Like, this is going to be, I think this is going to be huge. She's going to blow up any second. So, check out Summer Walker. Oh, prediction has been made. Yeah, the, uh, check out Summer Walker, and uh, let us know what you think, and have a really nice weekend. We only have a few episodes left in the season, uh, so... Uh, it's been exciting. Uh, make sure y'all like us on social media at Defending Divas and um, review us, check us, subscribe. And pretty soon we'll have the Diva of the Year Award. So keep that That's in mind. Have a good week, Danny. Bye. Love you. Bye.